so glad to be sharing the word. You've come into a chapter here at Ramp Church called, Let Me Introduce You. Let Me Introduce You. And this series is all about, if you're part of the, the, the Ramp Church family already, it's all about us getting in tune with the vision that God has given us. What are some of our core commitments and our core priorities in the way we see God working in our community? But over the past six, seven months, as we've been in lockdown, we've gone to Ramp Church online. We, more people have discovered and found Ramp Church than ever before. So that's why this series, Let Me Introduce You, is also about introducing those of you new to our community to what it means to be a part of our faith family. So really excited about the next kind of installment in this chapter. Um, and today we're gonna be diving into the topic of spiritual gifts. More on that in a minute. But uh, it's, such, it's such a great morning even to talk about spiritual gifts because we just experienced, to me, some incredible God-given gifts in that time of worship. And I just want you to show our media team and our musicians and our singers some love in the comments. So can you just blow the comment section of Facebook and YouTube, wherever you're watching, just blow it up with some emojis, some hands clap, hands raised, heart, heart eyes on a face. But I, I wanna ask you, just be involved in celebrating the gifts of God that he's given us as a community. So I wanna dive right in. Honestly, we could unpack this topic for a week. So I'm gonna be going jet speed here. But I wanna start with a verse that's really gonna set the tone for this talk. And let's look at it together. Here it is. It is in Acts chapter 19. And this is what it says. Paul passed through the inland country and came to Ephesus. Paul's traveling to a city called Ephesus, which is where, where, where a church that he leads is located. There he found some disciples, some followers of Jesus. And he said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they said, no, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. Now, there's so many implications from this, from this passage that we don't even have time to unpack. But, but I just wanna highlight one that's gonna help set up our discussion on spiritual gifts. And that is your walk with God progresses. Your walk with God progresses. It's amazing that the community of faith that Paul discovered there in Ephesus that had grown and built they found faith in Jesus, but they hadn't discovered that there was other truth, greater truth, more truth to be found after just discovering belief or faith in Jesus. And Paul asked them, have you heard about the Holy Spirit? Now, if you go back a few chapters, you can see that the Holy Spirit was a massive part of the journey of the early church. But here, as the church is expanding around the known world, there's a part of the church that hadn't even discovered that yet. And I wanna tell you, it, you've got to know that your walk with God progresses. There should be an ongoing discovery of the new things of God. There's always more to be found of God. You could have been serving God for your whole life. I mean, decades. You could be in your 70s and have decades of time walking with God. I wanna tell you, there's more to be found in him. You could have just found Jesus and, you're, and you're, your heart feels so alive with the reality and the truth that you found. I wanna tell you, it tastes good now, but it can taste better in a decade. It can taste even better in a decade from then. And I wanna tell you, if you feel like I just need the more of God, 
This message is for you. Your walk with God progresses. You're going somewhere. I think about my early um, days of my relationship with my wife, Stacy. Now, when we were dating, actually, we weren't quite dating yet. We were hanging out, and it was obvious to her that I was into her. It was obvious to me that she was into me, but nothing officially had been communicated. Uh, so one time we're hanging out, and I tried to take this, the bold move to grab her hand. And that was kind of like the first way that I would communicate, hey, I'm like more into you than just into you. So I reached for her hand and I grab her hand and we hold hands for, I don't know, 30 seconds. And then she lets go of my hand and then says, um, you, you haven't communicated anything else. We need to talk about what do you see this relationship to be? And thank goodness that, that didn't like cast a shadow over the rest of our conversations. Um, we're now happily married. She's uh, my most favorite human. But let, let me just put it this way. What if I was satisfied with that first encounter with her, that, hold, that hand hold that kind of went weird and, and, and then I never tried to discover more about her. But the amazing thing about relationships is when you, when you are really into somebody, the more you discover, the more you want to discover. The, the more you find, you're like, I, now I have more questions that I want to answer. And, and at first it seemed, everything seemed fresh, but now there's a depth to our love and our pursuit of one another. What if we treated our walk with God that way? It's like the first time maybe I sensed the presence of God or the word of God came alive in my life, I was just satisfied. I just stayed there and I stopped in my pursuit of him. I wanna tell you what would happen is your faith would grow stagnant. It would stop. And this is an important principle to me as followers of Jesus. One of the biggest killers to our effectiveness is stagnant faith. It is believing that yeah, I've tasted it all. I've found enough. This is a good time for me to stop in my faith journey. I know all there is to know about um, this certain scripture or this certain book of the Bible. I know all there is to know about this topic in the Bible. But I wanna tell you, there's something beautiful about the journey of faith. And that is, it can be more exciting the next step than it was the previous Step. One of the biggest killers to our effectiveness is stagnant faith. What if you stirred yourself up again to, to, to realize God has more for me now than I've ever tasted before? Can, can you picture that? It's not like you've experienced 80% and yeah, when I say there's more, you're right, Joe, there's another 20%. No, no, no. I'm talking you've, you've picked up a thimble and pulled out some seawater and you're looking at the sea expanse before you. That's how much you've tasted. There's more to be known in him. So the title of my message is Use Your Gifts. Use Your Gifts in this chapter called Let Me Introduce You. And one of the things I love about the topic of gifts is that it is available in the more of God. And just like the faith community that Paul was leading in Ephesus where they had found faith in Jesus, uh, they, they had yet to find the Holy Spirit, which means they probably weren't like some other churches that Paul led where the gifts of God were just expressing themselves fully in their community. So um, it's amazing how over 
promising and under-delivering, we know that that's one of the biggest killers to businesses. But sometimes I think the church operates in this space. Sometimes because we're, we have a stagnant faith, we, we may overpromise and underdeliver, And maybe you feel like your face in that, we're in that place where uh, there's more, there's gotta be more than this. Maybe you read the word and you go, gosh, the, the lives, these lives of vibrant faith, of, of, of incredible life-giving purpose, of experiences and encounters with God, this is not what I'm experiencing. I wanna tell you that's kind of where the journey starts, where you just recognize this is, not really where I need to be in my faith life. There is more than this. Now, in our topic of the gifts, I said there's more than we can cover in this time. So I just wanna give you three chapters that you can study on your own. So into the Bible, there's three main chapters in the New Testament that talk about the gifts. 1 Corinthians 12, Romans 12, and Ephesians 4. There's a bit in 1 Peter chapter four, but if you really wanna dive in, honestly, there is so much there, it would, it would take days for us to unpack it all. So I'm gonna try to skim the surface and then I'll talk about ways that you can even find out more in your own life, but I do wanna challenge you and encourage you to go into these chapters. Let's look at some verses that'll help set up some of our talks. So spiritual gifts, look at this, 1 Corinthians 12. Now about spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be ignorant. Now this sets up a huge discussion where Paul's leading the church in Corinth. And after this verse, he actually goes into reminding them how before they found Jesus, Corinth was a very, very religiously charged city. So there were religions and faiths of all kinds. And Paul says, now remember when you were a pagan, he calls them, such a great compliment as a church leader. Remember when you were a pagan and you followed whoever would lead you and you just went wherever they told you to go. And it's so interesting that Paul would set up the, the topic of spiritual gifts with that kind of reminder. And I think what Paul's trying to get at there is he's trying to say, when we start talking about supernatural power, when we tar start talking about things that can be even sensational, we need to recognize we have a tendency to be misled. We have a tendency to go to places with the gifts perhaps that God didn't intend. And so Paul's speaking into that desire, that tendency, and he's saying, I don't want you to be ignorant about these. I wanna teach you the proper way. And one of the things Paul goes, Paul goes into in the whole book of Corinthians is he talks about how there's, there's all these different groups of people in Corinthians, and some people are saying, you need to completely abstain even from marriage or those kinds of relationships. Other people are celebrating the, the, the different kinds of sexual looseness in other groups. And Paul's speaking into this going, oh, wow, you, you guys have all these different groups of people, and then the gifts of God are flourishing, but you're doing crazy things with them. Let me, let me, let me set you straight with, with what this looks like. And there's actually a great lesson for us as we're pursuing the gifts in that. And one is, the gifts of God are not connected to the character of God in our life or the maturity of God in our life or even the fruit of the Spirit. Paul's even speaking to a church that, that was celebrating sin, celebrating human brokenness, celebrating doing things our own way, yet the gifts were flourishing. So you can't go, never, you can never do this about your own life or even our own community ramp church. While the gifts are there, God must be pleased in the way we're living. No, no, no. The gifts of God are given sovereignly by the will of God. First Corinthians goes on to say that in, in chapter 12. 
He gives gifts how he chooses. But you have to understand that the character of God, maturity of God, the fruit of the Spirit, those things need to develop in our life. And when we're mature in God, all of those things grow up together. Look at this, other, um, a, few, a few verses later. Let's go back to that previous slide. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. I love that. You know what that means? If you're a child of God and you're watching this, you have a spiritual gift. You have one. Now, you may be sitting there going, I'm not gifted. You don't know me. I'm not gifted. I'm pretty normal. Actually, I'm below average. I'm not talking about your, your grades in primary school. What I'm talking about is God has chosen you to give some heavenly manifestation to. Read, read 1 Corinthians 12. It's all there. He's gonna give part of his nature to you so that that nature can be expressed in the earth. And every single child of God has it. Every single child of God. What is a spiritual gift? I'm, I'm glad you asked. I wanna answer that. A supernatural ability God gives each of his people so that together we can advance his purposes in the world. Spiritual gifts are a supernatural ability God gives each of his people so that together we can advance his purposes in the world. Now, the wild thing about gifts, and when, when you look at everywhere they're mentioned, all these passages I just said is, they list all different kinds of gifts. So some of them feel like a function or a role within the church. Some of them feel like a supernatural empowerment, like miracles or healing. Some of them feel like a, more like a grace, where I'm graced to help, or I'm graced to lead, or I'm graced to administrate. Whatever it is, there's varied kinds of gifts, but they come from God. They're not just mere talents. They're not just uh, an inclination that you have. They are a divine gift from God so that each of his people together can advance his purposes in the world. Now, maybe you're new to the whole faith thing, the new, the whole Jesus thing, the whole ramp church thing. Well, this, this isn't the first gift that God has given to us. Actually, the Bible says that God gave you and I the gift of salvation. I wanna read uh, just a few verses to you before I move on, because I think this is important for us to understand three gifts from God. God gave us salvation. Romans 6, 23 said, for the wages of sin is death. Our brokenness has a cost. You and I know that. It costs us in the relationships around us. It costs us in missed opportunities. It costs us in broken careers. It costs us in disappointment and discouragement and life. All our deep brokenness, us choosing our own way, that has a cost. But the gift, there's that word, the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Ephesians 2.8 says, for it's by the grace, for it's by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God. Maybe you've never said yes to that gift, that first gift of salvation. I wanna tell you today, maybe you're trying to pay your, the own price, your own price of your own brokenness. That price has already been paid. Jesus has paid it on the cross. He gave his life for you, for your sin, for your brokenness, for your shortcomings and your failures. And he rose again to give you purpose and new life, fresh hope and a part in his eternal plan. Today, you can just say yes to Jesus wherever you're at. 
Just say yes to him. Just say, Jesus, I want to know you more. I want you in my life. I want to receive the gift that you have given me. But he didn't stop there. He gave us salvation, but he also gave us the Holy Spirit. I mentioned the Holy Spirit earlier, but I just want to read this to you to kind of lay some foundation. Acts chapter one, verses four and five says, don't leave Jerusalem. This is Jesus speaking to his early followers, but wait for the gift my father promised which you have heard me speak about for John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized in the Holy Spirit. That word baptized comes from a Greek word that literally means immersed. You are covered, immersed, surrounded by the presence of God in the form of the Holy Spirit. And I wanna tell you, if you've just discovered faith, but you haven't discovered the life, the vibrancy of God, um, pulsating through, through your, your, your spiritual life, so to speak, you need to experience the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Another word for spirit is the word wind or the word breath. And it's the same word we see in, in, in Genesis where God breathed into the, 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 the nostrils of Adam, of the first humans, the breath of life. And maybe you've, maybe you've felt that you've been pressed down by life. You've been pressed down by your own brokenness, your own mistakes. God wants to give you life and vibrancy by baptizing you, immersing you, surrounding you in his spirit. He wants to fill you with fresh life. He wants to fill you with his very breath. And if you're trying to do the faith life without an experience in the Holy Spirit, it is gonna feel like a breathless journey. If you thought you're trying to follow rules and, and make God happy and earn his love, that isn't the way. But when you get stamped with the Holy Spirit, this is what the New Testament says. Something inside of you confirms to you, I'm a son and a daughter of God. What is that? It's the breath of God. And it feels like life when all other breath has felt like death. Maybe you've had breath before, but it isn't a life-giving breath. It is a barely making it, barely scraping by breath. You need, the, the, the New Testament shows us that there are subsequent experiences with God aside from just salvation, aside from just that initial seed of faith or even the growing work of faith in our, in our life to give ourselves to the working of the gospel and the need for that salvation deeper and deeper and deeper in our life, you also need to experience God. This is an experiential journey. This is not just a one-time thing. It is an experiential journey with God. And we see, the, the, we see the characters in the New Testament regularly experiencing God afresh, 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 afresh. It's like every time they need something fresh from him, there he is, there he is, the gift of the Holy Spirit. And then the third one, of course, is our spiritual gifts, spiritual gifts. So we've talked about what are spiritual gifts. We've talked about different other gifts of God. We've talked about how your walk with God needs to be on a journey. If we're following Jesus, that means we're going somewhere. I mean, that's the nature of following. It doesn't mean we're hanging out with him in a circle of people, right? We found our dude and I'm not going anywhere. No, he's leading and you and I need to be following. And, and this is what Romans chapter eight tells us, that we are to be led by the spirit of God. And that's how we know that we're his sons and his daughters. But why? Why is God gifted us? I wanna tell you three reasons God has given us 
spiritual gifts. Why do we have these? Is it just, is it just to do churchy things or just so we can celebrate you know, how God's moving in our midst? No, it's, it's actually more nuanced and much more beautiful than that. So I wanna give you three reasons today. The first reason is this. The first reason God gives supernatural abilities to his church is for the sake of love for the sake of love. Go to those passages I read you, 1 Corinthians 12, Romans 12, Ephesians 4. And anytime you're studying a topic in the Bible, this is a little side note for you. You, you can't just take the, the, the one passage and conclude all that you think about that topic from that one passage. You have to look at where, where is that topic mentioned across the Bible. And then you need to you seek, the, seek God and, and, and uh, look at the discussion of others who have gone before you, scholars of, of the New Testament, the Old Testament, and go, what, what are they saying of all this? But if you look at 1 Corinthians 12, Romans 12, Ephesians 4, here's what you're gonna see emphasized in all three of those with the gifts, love. It's amazing, I was amazed as I was even preparing for this, how much love is spoken of. Probably the most famous chapter in the book of 1 Corinthians is 1 Corinthians 13, a whole chapter on love. Do you know what is immediately before that? A talk about the gifts. And Paul's trying to say, if the gifts aren't completely surrounded or baptized in love, they're useless. He says this, he uses an illustration for us. They're like a clanging cymbal. They make noise, but they're gone. They don't leave any kind of eternal or lasting mark in our lives. The, the gifts are always for the sake of love. For the sake of love. Look, look at this in Romans 12. Look at this verse. Let love, this is right after you talked about the gifts. Let love be genuine. Let's have genuine love, Ramp Church. Not just, let's not just have great customer service. <laughs> we need to know how to treat people and what makes people um, uh, smile and what makes their heart come alive. But let's not just learn the tools without having the genuine love underneath. We need to genuinely care for one another. Abhor what is evil, hold fast to what is good, Paul says. Love one another with brotherly affection. I wanna love, I want you to love one another as if the same DNA flowed through your veins. You have the same blood. You come from the same family. But because Paul's trying to say, you do. Spiritual family. I love this. I love this. Outdo one another in showing honor. Oh, I love how Paul takes it there. Let's look, let's look at what this says in a different translation. The message translation says this. Love from the center of who you are. Don't fake it. Run for dear life from evil. Hold on for dear life to good. Be good friends who love deeply. Practice playing second fiddle. What an invitation for us, Ramp Church. So the first, the first why behind the gifts is for the sake of love. I, I think about it like this. Um, you know, there's, there's a popular relationship book by, um, by a counselor called Gary Chapman. It's called The Five Love Languages. And although not super scientific, it's still really helpful and really practical. And basically what he dives into are the different ways you and I receive and give love naturally. And so things like acts of service, uh, words of affirmation, quality time, gifts, things like that, where he's trying to go, hey, you may be trying to love somebody in a way that they don't naturally receive love. 
Or maybe you're giving love in a way that feels right to you, but the other person is like, ah, that doesn't feel loving. Like if I come home um, and Stacy's cleaning and I try, I try to give her a kiss because I think that's loving, at that moment, she just wants me to grab a broom, right? <laughs> right? Because that's the way I show love in that moment. Those kinds of love languages are important, understanding the way people give and receive love. And to me, the gifts kind of, it's, it's that way of us being able to show love to one another. If you think of the gifts as something that I like have to, have to try really hard to do and like, mm, I'm, a, I'm a better Christian when I have the gifts, we're missing the point. The point is this. I love the people who I'm in community with and I wanna make sure I can put action to that affection. And the action puts me in a position where I wanna receive a gift from God so that I can love them in a way that they feel it. That is how gifts are given for the sake of love. When you love somebody, you want to help them. You wanna meet their need. And what Paul's saying is if you want gifts for gifts' sake, you are missing the whole point. This is not so the world can look at us, Ramp Church, and go, man, that's some gifted group of people. It's so, that out of our, it's so that out of our affection for the world around us, out of our affection for one another, we can then put action to our affection. I wanna give um, an example on my next point that I think is even gonna push this further. So let's go on to the next point. For the sake of love. And the next point, the next why behind gifts is for the service of growth. The other theme you're going to see in all three of those passages in the New Testament is not just love connected to gifts, but growth. It's amazing how much maturity plays into the journey of the New Testament church and the gifts. Paul is constantly taking them back to the idea that this is about your growth in God. It's not just about you being useful or you being used uh, on the platform or in your home group or on the street. It is about you growing and maturing. And just like we talked about earlier, it's about character. It's about fruit. It's about your knowledge and understanding and wisdom and the gifts. And a mature Christian is somebody that all those things are growing and progressing in our life. Look at this scripture. This is so good. So this is Ephesians 4, one of our passages that I want you to dive into. Then we will no longer be immature like children. Paul's saying, when the gifts of God are being exercised in the church, we'll no longer be immature like kids. What's gonna happen? We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We'll not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. Remember, let's go back to 1 Corinthians 12 when he said, remember when you were pagans? How you were just led where everybody, wherever anybody wanted to lead you? Paul's getting at the same thing to a different faith community in, in Ephesians. He's going, when, when you're mature, when the gifts are in operation, part of your maturity journey means you're stable in God. You're, you're not tossed to and fro when challenges come. You're not tossed to and fro when different ideas of, of who God is that are contrary to what the, to, to what the revealed word of God says about him. When, you're, when, when one of your friends goes this direction, when one of your family members goes this direction, you're not blown about by that. Paul's saying when we're mature, you can see the, the influence of that in the way we stand. And look at this. Um, instead, here's what we do when we're mature. We will speak the truth in love. There's that word again, growing in every way 
more and more like Christ, who's the head of his body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. There's so much in this that we don't have time to go into. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy. I love this last line. And growing and full of love. Who doesn't want to be a part of a community? That's what he means by the whole body, a community that is growing and healthy and full of love. I know I do. Well, the gifts are part of that. That's why, the, that's why God would grace us with the gifts. I even remember um, in our own journey, Stacy and I's own journey, coming here to the UK, which was, uh, which was a, a big transition for us, a big move for us. And I think like any parents, probably the biggest concern on our hearts was our kids. We have three girls um, who now are 13, 11, and nine. And um, we're a close family. We, we just, we love them. And our, we were concerned, what is this transition gonna mean for them, being away from family, new schools, new culture? What would all of that mean? And um, I remember when someone gave us what I believe 1 Corinthians 12 would call a word of knowledge, where they told us, they didn't know what we're praying about. They didn't know the concerns on our heart, but they said, hey, I've been praying for you. And I wanna tell you, God, has told me something about your kids. And here's what he's told me. He's told me that this is just, this move is just a, uh, as much about their destiny and their calling as it is about your and Stacy's calling and your and Stacy's destiny. What happened in that moment? First of all, I felt loved. That was, it was for the sake of love. Somebody pressed in to a gift from God, a word from God, a word of knowledge because they loved me. Second of all, something grew in my faith life. All of a sudden, I, I, there was an opportunity, an open door that was available to me that I stepped through and went, yes, God knows me, and this is a moment for my faith to grow, my, my understanding of his plan to grow, and I want to step into greater maturity as someone that's following Jesus. You and I have that opportunity. We can receive, when we receive from a gift, it's meant to grow us up in our faith. But also, gifts are not just about receiving, they're also about using the gifts, there's nothing that puts a, a greater demand on your growth like stepping out and using your gift. It's, 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 uh, what is it for? It's for, the, it's for the, the sake of growth. It's for the service of the growth of those in your faith community. I remember when I first kind of discovered Jesus in, in high school or a life-giving relationship with Jesus. Um, I was playing music at the time. It was my world. And um, I, so I started getting involved in playing music at church and got an inv invitation to do that for some reason. And, um, but that was just such a transformative experience for me because for the first time, I didn't just hear about God, but I actually got to experience, uh, I don't know how, any other way to explain it, but, but kind of the wind of God, like I was explaining, the wind of God moving through me. And I got to see other people's lives be tr transformed and changed while I'm using the gift that God had given me. You know what that made me feel? It made me, I, I wanna do this every day for the rest of my life. There's nothing like that. And the other thing it made me feel is this, whatever I need to do in my life to, to continue that happening, I wanna do it. So if that means restricting some things, or if that means pursuing some things, that means putting boundaries around my time or putting God first, whatever the Bible is leading me to do, if, if, if when I do that, it leads to more of that, I want it, I want more of it. And what did it do? It, it pushed me towards growth, it drove me towards growth. So it's for the sake of love, 
but it's for the service of growth. When the gifts are in operation in your life, it's gonna serve growth for you and for those around you. And the third thing that gifts do, they're a sample of God. They're a sample of God. I, to be honest, when I was, we're in the middle of a fast right now as, as a community, as a uh, faith family. It's, it's, it's um, I'm believing for God's fruit through it, but fasting's not easy. And uh, as I was preparing this message, every illustration that I came up with was regarding food. It was regarding a restaurant or something. And so this third point is kind of easy because all of us have experienced those restaurants where they have like a sample plate where you get to experience them. And this is what they know about it. If, if, if it's really that good, then, um, then I'm gonna come in and I may buy something. I, I remember um, this, is, this is about, uh, you know, just the reputation of God. I remember uh, traveling one time through, uh, through London. We were at Euston Station, Stacy and I, and I found this place. Uh, if you like roadie, there's this amazing place. I'm about to give you a tip. You're, this is worth the whole sermon right here, okay? If you like roadie, Malaysian food, Chinese food, there's this place called Roadie King, okay? It is in King's Cross right next to Euston Station. You need to go there. But the first time... Um, I discovered this place was looking at review websites. So Stacy and I leave the station and we walk by this place and it is, it is in a basement, like literally a basement. So we looked down there and we were like, uh-uh, I don't, I, don't, I don't think we're gonna go there. So we moved on. So a few months later, I'm down, in, I'm down in London again. I need to get a quick bite and I'm going through Houston. I go, wait a second, Roadie King. So I go by Roadie King and the line is, or is up the stairs and down, down the pavement, and it's raining. And I go, wait a second, somebody has sampled this, and they're back for more. And they want it so bad, it tasted so good, they're willing to stand in the rain. So you know what I did? I stood in the rain, and I waited, and I waited until I went down there, and it was amazing. Roadie King, go there. But here's the thing, we have that ability as a church, God has given us a manifestation of his spirit and it's meant to be a sample for the world of what the fullness of God tastes like. When they hear a word of knowledge, when they experience healing in their body, when they, when they see supernatural service through your life to them, when they experience the gift of God or the mercy of God that's like nothing else they've tasted, what are they experiencing? A sample it's a sample of God. 1 Corinthians 12 talks about how each of us has been given a manifestation, a unique manifestation of God. And together, we can reach the fullness of God. But individually, we're a sampling. Your life, when the gifts are operating through you, are meant to be that kind of sampling. Look at Ephesians 4, it talks about this. I love this. Now, these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. Now, I just wanna tell you, there's not a list in the New Testament. You're, you, there's widespread agreement about this among New Testament scholars. That's exhaustive in the gifts. So if you're, trying to, if you're trying to come with an exhaustive list from the New Testament, it isn't there. They're all partial lists. They're all pointing that there is a way God manifests himself through each of us that's unique and distinct. So here's another partial list. We don't have time for me to go into all of that, but I wish I did. Their responsibility is to equip God's people. So gifts give people equipment to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's son that we will be mature in the Lord. There's that word mature. But look, look what that maturity looks like. We are measuring up 
to the full and complete standard of Christ. What's the writer trying to say there? We look like Jesus. When the gifts are in operation, people experience us, but they're not just experiencing us. They're experiencing Jesus. They're sampling the entree right there when the gifts of God are in operation in our faith community. I love this quote by Oswald Chambers, the great Oswald Chambers. Look at this. A great many people do not pray because they do not feel any sense of need. This quote so captures what we've been talking about. The sign that the Holy Spirit is in us is that we realize that we are empty, not that we are full. We have a sense of absolute need. We come across people who try us, circumstances that are difficult, conditions that are perplexing. And all these things awaken a dumb sense of need, which is a sign that the Holy Spirit is there. If we are ever free from the sense of need, it's not because the Holy Spirit has satisfied us, but because we have been satisfied with as much as we have. A man's reach should exceed his grasp. He quotes, a sense of need is one of the greatest benedictions because it keeps our life rightly related to Jesus Christ. What are the point of the gifts? This is what they are. And this is what Oswald Chambers is trying to get at. We're gifted to serve. We're gifted to serve one another as fellow believers and we're gifted to serve the world around us. The gifts aren't about me. They're not about you. They're not about building a platform or getting followers. They're not about being even influential. Those, those things can become idols in our lives. What, why, why does God gift his people? We're gifted to serve. We're gifted to serve the body of Christ in love for their growth. And then we're gifted to serve the world so that they sample God through our lives. When they experience you at the water cooler at work, when they experience you on the tram, there's just something about that encounter where they say, there's something different about them. There's something transcendent about them. There's something, they seem to know something. They they seem to be in tune with something that I don't feel like it exists. That's a sampling. It just gives them a little taste that there must be something more. It's kind of like hearing the uh, the first few bars of a Mozart piece. You just want to hear the rest. That's what it's like. They're getting a sample of God. You and I are gifted to serve one another in the world. One of the ways you know that your, that your gifts are coming out of a place and a heart of service is there's humility associated with it. One of the, one of the ways you know you're operating in humility is, is you, you don't have an issue with getting it wrong. This is one of the things to me. Uh, one of the ways we're misled sometimes in the gifts is uh, we think that we're, that we're infallible. When, when we start to use the gift. No, there's only one thing infallible. That's the, that's the written word of God. Everything else we do is in response to the love of God, but it's, it's in the process of maturity. And we need to recognize, hey, I'm not surprised when I get it wrong. I'm not surprised when I give a word or I hear a word, a word of knowledge, or when I pray for somebody and it doesn't actually happen. No, I'm still growing in my gifts, but I'm on the path of service to one another. I'm on the path of serving Others, we are gifted to serve one another. What do I want for us, Ramp Church? I want you and I to be people that we just have our hand up. Pick me, pick me, pick me, God. Pick me. I want to be used. I want to serve you. And the thing about a posture of a servant is we don't really care what it's for. I don't care. I don't want the most flashy gift. I don't care if it's the most popular gift. I want the most useful gift, God. You show me where you need me and you give me the gift to do that. 
And I'll tell you, if you follow your place of love, if you follow what needs are you're seeing around you, those are probably the places you're uniquely gifted to serve in. Let's serve the world around us out of love for growth as a sample of the presence of God. So what now? For gifted to serve one another and serve the world around us. What now? What do we do? What do we do about this reality? And I hope that you're asking that question. I hope that you see the importance, the value, and the reason why God would give us these gifts. So what do we do now? Well, we try to make this really simple at Ramp Church, and our, really our vision is to help you in this journey. And the first step is, is pretty simple. Uh, the first step is this. Discover the gifts God has for me. It's, it's, for the first one is a journey of discovery. And unfortunately, um, when you start following Jesus, he doesn't like send you an email with like your PDF report about your unique personality type and your gifts. And it's like, now that you're following me, I just wanna let you know, here's who you are. And here's, no, because his priority is relationship first before usefulness. Did you hear me? His priority for you is relationship first before usefulness. And if he has, if, if it's a journey of relationship, then it's also a journey of discovery. That's what journeys of relationship are. You discover more of God. You reveal more of yourself to him. And that journey, as, you, as, as that unfolds, you grow closer in your need for God. And every time you get closer to him, you see more of who you are. He reveals your nature. And that journey of discovery is critical and key to your life and finding your gifts. But we've tried to help facilitate that process. And today at Ramp Church, home group signups are open. So they've been open for the past week, but there is still time for you to sign up for home groups. And one of our home groups, if you've never been to Rampology or uh, our new members class, one of our home groups is called New Here, New Here. And uh, my wife, Stacy and I, uh, lead that home group, and it is completely designed around introducing you to Ramp Church as a faith family and as a community. But part of that is dedicated to you seeing what your spiritual gifts are, your personality type, how am I wired, how am I designed? And that, we wanna facilitate that discovery process so that you can move on to the next step. If you've discovered your gifts, number two is develop the gifts God has given me. See, so much of what God does in our life is given in seed form. So the environment that the seed is placed in is, is drastically, radically important. That's one of the reasons we believe in church. We don't believe in church because you can check the religious boxes. We believe in church because when you're put in a faith family and when you put yourself there and when you commit to come to Sunday morning, Ramp Church Online, come to prayer meetings at least once a week, when you commit to be a part of home groups for the home group season, when you commit to serve, when we have serving opportunities, when you commit to brighten up, what you're doing is you're surrounding yourself with all the necessary ingredients for your own development, for your own growth. Some of you need to be reading books. You need to be asking people who are in the gifts that you have. You need to be going to conferences. Why? Because that seed can grow. And the more fruitful you are is directly connected to your commitment to develop what God has given you. So discover the gifts. Develop the gifts. And third, this is our vision for you. Use. Use the gifts. The whole purpose is to use them. The whole purpose is to use them. And I want to tell you, Ramp Church, the, the, the two best places to use your gifts one are on our brighten up days where we go and we serve the world around us. Uh, also, in your just everyday life, Monday through Saturday, that's where you serve and love the world around you. 
But inside of Ramp Church, home groups. Home groups is the place. If you're not in a home group, I'm telling you, you are missing a prime opportunity to use your gifts. For some of you, that's even a, a change in paradigm because for you, the way you use your gifts is by standing on a church platform. That is not, that is not the primary way you use your gift. The primary way you show love, the primary way you, you serve others' growth is in, is in your community, is in your, is in your unique little slice of the Ramp Church family. So in your home groups, there should be words of knowledge. There should be prayers for healing. There should be service. Gift of help should be an operation. Leadership, when things are, things need direction. Gift of, 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 of intercession. Whatever those gifts are that are flowing, that's the perfect environment for you to show love, to serve one another. I want you to be using the gifts God has given you. I love this. First Peter 4, 10 says, God has given gifts to each of you from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Some of the reason I think we, we keep ourselves from using gifts is because we're, we're, we're trying to pretend like that's my gift, the gift that somebody else has. Comparison trap, it's a whole nother message. This is what Peter says, manage your gifts well so that God's generosity can flow through you. Do you know God's generosity is waiting for you to turn the tap on? You're, you're waiting for him to move in your life. He's waiting on you to move. He's waiting on you to open the tap so he can supply the source. He can supply the gift. He can supply his spirit. And the amazing thing is that once you start using your gifts, all of a sudden you're positioning yourself to receive more. Receiving your, you're, you're positioning yourself to receive more. It's the vision of Ramp Church to take you on this spiritual journey. Our vision, we say this all the time. My vision for Ramp Church isn't buildings. It's not, it's not an organization, an institution. My vision for Ramp Church is you. It's your life, fully alive with everything God's called you to. Our, our, part of our assignment, our vision here at Ramp Church is to take you on the spiritual journey of discovery, of development, and then using your gifts until you're, you can able, until you're able to say this. I was made for this. What a powerful moment. I want people all over. This is what I envision. I envision people all over Ramp Church just living a everyday life. I was made for this. I was made for this moment. I was made for this opportunity. I was made for this need. I was made for this person's situation. I was made for this challenge. I was made for this. And once you experience that, you want more. You want more. Now, I want to encourage you to do two things as I'm closing this message. The first thing I want to encourage you to do is as soon as this is over, I want you to go to ramp.church slash MCR, ramp.church slash MCR, ramp.church slash MCR. And I want you to sign up for a home group. You need to get in a home group because this is a way that you can discover, develop, and use your gifts. And the next thing I want you to do is I want you to join in this prayer that I'm going to pray for every single person watching, that you can get on the journey of discovery, development, and use. That I believe in this next moment, you can make a commitment to God. You can say yes to him. Maybe you've been inactive. Maybe you've been in neutral. Maybe you've waiting, uh, waiting on him to move you. But you can step into the journey. You can say yes to the journey of God and discover him and find him in a way you've never found him before. That you can say with God, I was made for this. Let's pray. Father, thank you for every person watching. Thank you that 
wherever they're at in their journey, you have a custom growth plan built for them. It works around their needs and their failures, their successes, their gifts, their personality type, their relationships. And today, Father, that there's an invitation for all of us to go deeper into discovery, development, and use in our life of spiritual gifts. I pray, Father, today that people would hear you tugging on their heart to take the next step. God, I wanna be in a, in a community. I wanna be in a home group. I wanna be in a place where I can uh, find more about who I am and who God's called me to be. And then I wanna commit myself to the work of development and laboring and, and learning and educating myself to develop the gifts God's given me so I can be useful, so I can be fully alive, so I can be used for the purpose of advancing God's kingdom. Thank you for that today. I ask today, Father, that all across our faith family, all across our community, gifts are coming alive. Gifts are being stirred up. People are seeing who they are for the first time, maybe. Some people are hearing, hearing calls from God. They're, they're being stirred and drawn, Father, to what it means to be in your kingdom, loving others, serving others, and letting people sample the love and the grace of God through their life. I pray that Manchester would come alive, Father, as Ramp Church comes alive with our gifts. I pray that you would touch Manchester. You'd transform our city and cities all around the world with the church fully alive in who you were made, who you've made them to be. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. So glad you're a part. I wanna, I wanna remind you, every person watching, that you are loved. If you're new to our community, I'd love to get to know you. Send us a message, post a comment on the chat, and let's go deeper in what it means to be Ramp Church in this time, in this season, being used for God for all that he has planned.